This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. And if you don't, happy, merry, joyous, whatever you do celebrate. I am just trying to make sure I get all the greetings in there because... Each holiday around this part of the year seems to have a different one, so if I missed any, I'm sorry. But from where I'm sitting right now, it is Christmas, and we are here with the second of a two-game total point final in this portion of the Season 39 Second Chance Tournament. If you will recall from Friday's game, we had a massive score carrying over today. So we're going to, well, first I'm going to try to get my vocal cords to cooperate, but we're going to carry on, meet our players, go over the game, and see how it finished out in today's game. Because this is, as I said, the second final. We have the same contestants as we did on Friday, Iris, Jason, and Javeria. And unlike Friday's game, this one was a lot tighter. If you folks will remember, Friday's game was totally nuts. And it was just bam, 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 bam. But, yeah, today today's game was a lot closer of a matchup. Particularly between Javeria and Jason. Which was, you know, really kind of epic. Just... You know, in comparison to Friday's game, seeing the conclusion of the finals being such a nail-biter, you just you just gotta love it. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You just got to love a game like that. So, yay. Anyway, Jason had a run-in with a daily double early in the game, and it did not go his way. He wagered everything, and I think he blanked. He either blanked or he just didn't have a clue, but it seemed to me like he blanked, because he was just... The the silence that preceded his response said to me, I know this, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it's not coming out of my mouth. So it, it did seem to me like he blanked a little bit on that one, which was really unfortunate, but it happened early enough that he was able to recover from it rather quickly. Poor Iris just kind of got left behind by the other two. It doesn't matter how good of a player you are when you get caught up against two that hog the buzzer. (laughs) Like, you can be the best player in the world and not have, you know, the best reaction times out of your contestant group that you're in. And if you get to if you get put up against a buzzer hog, you're in trouble no matter how much you know, how many wagering strategies you've practiced. <laughs> oh. My friends, I know all about being a buzzer hog. I used to be one myself. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying I was very very stingy with the buzzer. If I if I had a clue, or even half a clue, I hit the button. 
But yeah, it was just one of those one of those things that I'm not mentioning to to brag. I'm just saying anybody that ever competed against me would complain of me being a buzzer hog. <clears throat> Actually, since we're on the subject of that, I got a story I want to tell you folks. This has nothing to do with Jeopardy, but it does have something to do with me talking about being a buzzer hog. I switched schools in between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. Well, I was on the quiz team in high school, too, on the academic team, the quiz team, whatever you know it is. We, we around here, we know it as the academic team. Some people know it as the quiz team. So, yeah, I just try to make your lives easier. But our first practice of the year, we were all sitting around waiting for the coach to show up. And we were talking about... You know, the schools we'd gone to and everything. And there, these kids were talking. And they were talking about, oh my god, when we were in elementary and middle school, there was this one girl at this other school that none of us could stand. It was, it was like she knew everything and would always beat us to the buzzer. And it occurred to me that they were talking about me and I just went, <clears throat> I'm over here. <laughs> and that room went dead solid. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to brag, but they weren't kidding. I crammed my brain in those days. I memorized everything I could memorize. Maybe, hey, maybe it's good practice for studying for Jeopardy. Who knows? <clears throat> but, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm not telling you this to brag. I'm just telling you this to say I know what it's like to be the buzzer hog. Unfortunately, I don't know what it's like to be up against one. Well, I kind of do, but not to the extent of, you know, never getting to press the button. But anyway, as I was saying, yeah, poor poor Iris just kind of got stuck. Double Jeopardy, you know, really wasn't any better because in Double Jeopardy, the battle between Jason and Javeria just kind of went nuts. Jason actually managed to take the lead for a while, but then Javeria landed the second daily double and took it right back, and then landed the third daily double, and I'm very proud of her today. Not, you know, because of any kind of bold move or anything like that. Well, yeah, I guess it could be interpreted as a bold move, especially on national television. One of the daily doubles that she found was in a category that she didn't seem very confident in. And she was smart enough to know that that was not her strong point, and she made a very, very small wager as a result. She got it right and added, and added money to her score, but even if she'd gotten it wrong, the real reward here is knowing your strengths enough to know when to make and when not to make those stupid wagers that make me want to scream at you. But, yeah. So, today's game was not a runaway by any stretch. There were about $3,800 to $4,000, I would say, between first and second place. So, it was a, it was a very, very tight game. 
Final Jeopardy comes around and Jason is the only one who gets it right or tries to respond. But Javeria didn't wager anything. Carried carried over the 19,000 bucks that she already had plus the 51,200 from Friday from Friday's game and ended up with over $70,000 combined. At the end of the game. Now, what makes me mad, I just read this, is they did not give her all of her money. They only gave her the standard $35,000 for winning second chance. And that bothers me because as I remember tournaments from years past, if you, if you scored over the prize cap, you got your money anyway. The fact that they're not doing that with Second Chance is not acceptable. I don't care if they're advancing to another tournament with possibilities of a bigger payout. I don't give a crap. If somebody makes that much of... If somebody has that impressive of a performance, you give them their daggum prize, people. Like, seriously. Give them the prize. Stop being stingy. Yeah, well, that's my rant at the universe for the day. Whew. And I think I'm going to go ahead and head out for the night because I'm extremely overstretched from stuffing my face too much today. So I'm going to go to bed and, you know, not feel like an exploding balloon when I get up in the morning, hopefully. But I hope I hope those of you who celebrate have had an awesome Christmas and those of you who didn't, or, and those of you who don't have just had an awesome day in general. So, as usual, I'm going to say good night. Thank you for tuning in. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy, merry, joyous, whatever, if you don't. What, whatever appropriate, yeah, whatever greeting is appropriate to those of you, whatever you celebrate. And as Alex would say, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production.